Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. And today I am joined by my two co-hosts, Chris, Kurt, Gents. How are you doing? Hey, Carlo. Hey, I'm doing really good. All right. Y'all ready to kick off a culture war, fellas? Oh, boy. Am I ever. (laughs) Yeah, I I am like genuinely excited for this. So let's let's discuss. Do do um, do people have gas stoves on generation ships? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I'm trying to think and they don't they don't talk a whole lot about the food that the culture hmm. eats i'm guessing that they just like culturally appropriate everyone and like mm. oh fun new food mm-hmm. um well every they time just, they, they definitely every time talk they... about other people's food but I, <laughs> I i don't know about theirs well the, there's theirs comes from the feeding tube from andor and <laughs> every time <laughs> they every time they appropriate another culture um they, they get new flavor they get a new tube <laughs> 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 oh spices yay <laughs> no but see but see that right off the bat that's one of the things that i like about um these books and their vision of the future is that it is definitely not a you know a food tube type setting like mm-hmm. like one of the foundational ideas i feel like that that banks kind of approached his setting with was like people don't really want that. Like people kind of like stuff to just seem normal. So like there's a lot of the books where it's like, yeah, people just like live in, you know, regular houses on a space mm-hmm. station in, in like a pretend forest. Like nobody wants to live in, in, in on, on Coruscant. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> Who would want to live there? Like, yeah, you wait, can have like a nice little house, you know, wait, with are, a lake. You, are you telling me that no, like none of the people in the culture got really into like, uh, like powdered, uh, food supplements, like, <laughs> soylent or, yeah, they don't yeah. want to just have uh, food tubes or whatever. What kind of astronauts are these people? <laughs> well, you know what they do have is drug glands mm, implanted yes. in their heads, which sounds to me awesome. Ideal. <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, uh, I you you just reminded me, Kurt, that that I just had like a weird. I tossed off like a take, and it was like, yeah, you know, the war on drugs has done serious harm to <laughs> science fiction and fantasy. <laughs> it's very true. It it really it it really has like like. Y- y- I was thinking about this earlier that, um, like, there is a particular texture to uh, to to drug use, right? And like mm. being in an altered state, mm-hmm. and um, you can get there with alcohol, but by the time you get there, it's it's none it's none too enjoyable, I would right. say. Uh, <laughs> but you know, whereas there are other means of 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 addling yourself without being completely out of it. Uh, and, and I definitely feel like I can tell, I can tell when people are like, I'm writing about fantasy drugs, but really I'm talking about that time that I did shrooms versus someone d- who's, whose only experience with drugs is like coffee and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, um, so so let me let me uh, let me put a pin in that just briefly because I realize that we sort of hit the hit the deck running here, yes. and uh, and uh, let's let's just say uh, for for anyone that's tuning in and ha- has no idea what the hell we're talking about, uh, which you know you, you might have an inkling of if you'd listened to previous episodes and or had been in the Discord. Uh, hint, hint. You can always join the Discord, folks. Mm-hmm. There's a lots join of lively conversation for just. What is it? Five dollars a month? Five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you can and, talk uh, to a bunch of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, especially about stuff about repairing our homes and <laughs> yes, <laughs> repairing <laughs> homes and exercise routines at work or don't. You know, <laughs> I actually feel like the Podside Discord has like some of the least amount of of sci-fi and fantasy discussion of all the various discords I'm on. I love I I love the discord though. It's 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 great. It's just funny like we tend to talk I, about sci-fi and fantasy in like one channel and then everything else is like disc golf. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it, it you know, right now the way it's comprised um, you know, it is. It it looks like the most normy shit ever, right? <laughs> there's like a fitness <laughs> channel. There's a channel for workplace uh, gripes and groans. Yeah. It looks like my work slack. <laughs> <laughs> um, in any case, uh, we will be discussing uh, Ian M. Banks. Uh, 
uh, culture novels. Uh, specifically, we're going to talk about player of games first, and then from there, we're going to read along. Uh, you know, this is, these are read along uh, uh, episodes, mo- most like uh, or more like our Book of the New Sun ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and and after we finish player of games, we will move on to excision. Is the the correct name? Accession. Right? Accession. Accession. Yes. Okay, I always get it. I get it mixed up. I, I've heard it both ways, and I'm not sure. You know, excision would be cutting something out of out of something else, mm-hmm. like either either literally or metaphorically. Whereas accession would be going going beyond to go. Beyond. Oh, like like walking away from Omelas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which do, wait 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 like which do you mean? You know what? Never mind. Accession. <laughs> accession. You were accessing accessing yes. accessing Omelas. You are now accessing <laughs> this way to the to to the egress. Anyway, uh, we're going to be discussing uh, some some culture novels. Um, we'll see we'll see how how it goes, and uh, and you know like so so I've never read them. And I do believe uh, that uh, our our resident um, expert, our, our subject matter expert in this uh, in these read-alongs is probably going to be Kurt. Yeah. So Kurt, I, talk yes. talk to me about uh, Ian M. Banks. So Ian M. Banks is I don't know if he's my favorite author, like, but if I have three favorite authors, he's probably two of them. Um, <laughs> if, and, if Ian uh, M. Banks has a hundred fans, I'm one yes. of them. <laughs> um, no, he. So yeah, he's a uh, he's a Scottish science fiction author. He was sadly he passed away about gosh, must be about ten years ago now. I think. Wow, mm-hmm. um, eleven actually. It looks like because yeah, it was twenty twenty twelve. I think is is when when he passed sadly. Um, oh, yeah, so he. Uh, started writing in I think like the seventies was when he initially tried to write the first uh like his first crack at a big sci-fi series, um which l- later turned into the the third book in the series. Ironically, use of weapons um mm. I think is like one of his earliest attempts at writing something, and then he like put it aside and then came back years later and it wound up being the third book in his series. Um, he he wanted to be uh, a sci-fi writer. But he didn't. He wasn't able to get anywhere selling sci-fi books um, in like the early '80s. Uh, so he said, "Well, you know what? It seems like everyone wants to buy literary fiction. So I will write serious literary fiction." And he wrote two very well-received uh, literary fiction books. There was, uh, and it's it's a little bit underselling them just to call them like literary fiction. They're they're they're, they're kind of like weird and surreal in their own way. Um, I think the Wasp Factory was his first book. It was very well received. He did another one, the name of which escapes me, that was very well received. Um, and then he basically goes back to his publishers and says, Hey, so remember how I wanted to write science fiction? Uh, I, I, I want to do that again. Um, and he was able to, uh, I guess on, on the strength of his existing litfic, uh, publishing was able to publish the first culture novel, which is Consider Flabus. Uh, and it is about, a utopian anarcho-communist mostly well-intending um you know spacefaring culture that is humanoid but not quite human um they hold everything in common and they're kind of you know good-natured hedonists with a little bit of uh foreign policy fuckery mm-hmm. um the first book is actually is is actually about uh a, a a like mortal enemy of the culture uh and he did that because he didn't think anyone apparently my understanding is he didn't think anyone would, would would just want to read about hey here's this cool society that i i dreamt up so i'll make them the bad guys hmm. um and he had a he had a pretty long writing career he he put out like you know he would put out a book every every two or three years pretty consistently um, up until his uh, sad departure in 2012, and he he continued publishing Litvik too. Um, and I am just a huge fan of of his writing. Um, and I think you can really see in his sci-fi the way that he straddles so that he straddles those two worlds because his sci-fi will drift into Litvik and his Litvik will drift into sci-fi at times. Mm. Um, and I think that they're both the stronger for it. So all that is to say, I, I he's he's a really good writer. He has weird ideas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like his politics, which is, you know, he was like a lifelong socialist, basically, mm-hmm. you know, like till the day he died. Uh, and that comes through, I think, in his writing as well. So, well, that that was that was what I was gonna um, not 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 ask necessarily, but I was gonna point out that um, that you know, like like he his his you know real life uh, politics, like like he he tried. To, it seems to me, from what you're saying, uh, and from what you know, what I know about like the culture novels and stuff like that, he was trying to sort of embody. That which uh, a lot of, you know, sci-fi and fantasy writers, uh, you know, complain about is like, well, you know, if, if you can't envision a, a, a better tomorrow, then, you know, why bother? And he said, well, here's my weird yeah. <laughs> anarcho-socialist anarcho, uh, uh, utopia hurtling through space or whatever. Yeah. But but I, also, well, from I, what, I think he okay. was on the record saying that, he, you know, he, he'd want to live in the culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Th- this is his personal utopia. Like he 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 came up with that and then kind of worked backwards, it seems like to be like, and what interesting stories can I tell? in in my utopia his you know the the point of his stories is not to show you his utopia and convince you that it's good it's pretty self-evidently great mm-hmm. um to live in like i don't think anybody regardless of their politics would would say no this seems this seems like it actually sucks like it seems mm-hmm. pretty great you know to, yeah. to, to, to uh to, to live in the culture for for most people maybe maybe if you're jeff bezos you you ultimately would be unsatisfied there but but yeah, this this is his personal utopia, and he's like, "Come on, you know, you know, t- like take a look around." But then also, let me let me tell you a story that is maybe maybe a little bit orthogonal to to my actual utopia. Hmm. Well, that, that's um, one of the things that uh, that also I think you had mentioned this before, Kurt, because the and and you mentioned it earlier too. Like they 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 are not um, like. Uh, the utopia exists within the culture, but outside of it, um, they may engage in sort of like foreign, foreign relations. Fuckery is, I believe the, the word. You used. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Special circumstances. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Special circumstances. So there's, there's two division there. There's, there's kind of broad divisions in the culture. So like the culture is made up of, uh, it's, it's a blend of, three different things there's there's humans or or human ish people um because the, the 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 culture is kind of like the federation after a after a fashion in that mm. they're you know that they are not necessarily just one species but they've all kind of mm-hmm. inter intermixed to the point that there's kind of like 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 a culture baseline human yeah then there's minds who are super intelligent um hyper intelligent artificial intelligences um and there are they are you know like people but they're people who have this you know this tremendous capacity but 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 they do have so you know they they might simultaneously be operating you know 200 separate ships and a space station and doing all this other stuff and holding conversations but like they they are people they do have like a personality mm-hmm. and then there's drones who are kind of midway between human and and mind where they are closer to the human side but they do have you know they 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 do surpass human mental capabilities it seems like and they all kind of live together uh, are they like are they like cyborg ish or what what's no what's the they're deal? they're just like a no they're 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 like they're a sentient ai they're just not mm-hmm. as powerful they're they're closer to human like they're yeah. They're, and, gotcha. and typically in some sort of like levitating body that they can like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, th- that's an important thing. Is like they have like a specific body, whereas a, a mind is is you know if they have a body, their their body is like a space station, like mm-hmm. a giant you know planet sized space station. Whereas right. a drone is like in a thing. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh, but what I was gonna say is there's there's kind of two big branches of of um the culture that a lot of the books in the series feature that get into that foreign policy fuckery. As I said, there's contact, which is um, just like the, the branch of the culture that is given over to interacting with other species in whatever capacity, pr- primarily diplomatic. And they'll send people to just kind of like, you know, 
like hang out and be a guest in their court and maybe try to convince their king or, you know, monarch or emperor or whatever of, of something, but they're just kind of like there, they're like diplomats. Um, but then within contact, there's a subgroup called special circumstances, which is essentially the, the, the anarcho-socialist CIA. Mm-hmm. And they do whatever they deem appropriate um, to be, to be done. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's definitely a bit of internal criticism. I, I think of, of kind of, whether that's good or or bad, uh, but they're they're also they're also not like they're not the villains of the stories. They're just like they are the protagonist, but mm-hmm. maybe not the hero. Always, right. yeah. Mm. Gotcha. It, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Well, it, it develops. I think the kind of like eternal conundrum in the banks in the culture series in that it's like you know how. Special circumstances sometimes ends up doing stuff that is obviously like, you know, would you know be, be a crime against humanity in most places. But uh, the the que- the series kind of like develops a question of like, yeah, but it's in the service of a perfect utopia. And is that OK, then? Like, it's it's kind of this weird tension balancing act between like how, uh, you know, how how the culture is ultimately this like utopian uh, existence. Uh, but then how utopia butts up against like a you know, non-utopians and, uh, you know, how, how they interact. Well, you know, it, it's simply cer- special circumstances keeps on saying that the child in Obelus is outside of the culture. We- yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so, so like that, that's a perfect example. If, if the culture, yeah, if the culture encountered Omelas and it was planet Omelas, they would fuck that place up in a second. They mm. would try to hide it to the best of their abilities, but they would absolutely, you know, put somebody in like an Omelas, you know, like re- reshape them into an Omelian or whatever, it's, you know, whatever they're called and be like, you know, go, go kill the child or do something, you know, do something like that. That's absolutely the sort of thing that they would, they would intervene in and. It tends to be stuff that is not it, – it, it's like, like – Chris kind of hit the nail on the head. It's either stuff that is a threat to their utopia in some way. Like the first the first novel is about – I think they're like a religious extremist empire or something that is yeah. kind of like shares a border with, with, with the culture. And they're like, hey, culture, stop – you know, we don't trust you. Fuck off. And they're like, no – so they're they they're kind of they kind of descend into into open warfare. Um, in, in which case, it's like arguably like, did they start it? Kind of, not really. But now they're in a situation where they are trying. You know, they they are like trying to defend themselves, and so mm-hmm. they go all out in their defense of that. But it's also stuff where like they encounter, you know, a society that they're like, well, it's it's the sort of thing that you know. Kirk and Picard would agonize about, mm-hmm. but they're much more on the Kirk side of the spectrum. We're like, no, we're gonna we're gonna do something about this. Yeah, <laughs> and then well, maybe yeah. in three hundred years they'll be ready to join us or something. I, th- I think that the the interesting thing here, and, and and as you're speaking of that, I'm thinking of um sort of uh Le Guin's Hainish uh, novels. I mean, I, I've only read the one right, which is uh, Left Handed Darkness, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the one thing that strikes me about the difference here is that obviously we're we're getting the the point of view of like you know embedded in the culture type of you know protecting and, and having a muscular protection of your utopian society and exerting power outward so that your utopia is never threatened which you know i i do believe that if uh banks was you know uh, uh, any stripe of socialist, he probably looked at the real world and said, yeah, <laughs> you can't just let other yeah. other empires just sort of like run roughshod over you. So you need to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so he's he's presenting like this idea that, yeah, you know, if you are a, a spacefaring culture haha, uh, that has a utopia, uh, you need to protect it because – you know, everything needs to be sort of like, uh, you know, like calibrated just right for it to continue being exactly that. Right. And, uh, and it, it strikes me that left hand of darkness presents like you're, when I read this, did you ever, did you ever read it, Kurt? I don't remember. I haven't. No, no, I haven't. You haven't. So, so, um, 
it, it starts off basically with a an envoy, an ambassador from the uh, Ecumen, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Who lands on planet Winter, which is you know the I forget the, the 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 name that they give that the people there give it, but anyway, the point being that uh, his his initial. Um, offer to yeah you you just join the ecumen and uh, we share information and uh and you know there's no one's gonna send you know any type of uh uh like you know warships over here to try to convince you i'm the only you know like basically once you tell me yes i'll go back and uh, we'll send over more people to sort of teach you the ways of the ecumen which you know I, I think that uh, it, it's interesting to me that we're supposed to read uh, uh, Genli Ai, who is the ambassador, as somewhat like flawed, but also generally well-meaning, but not a threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, to be honest with you, I would obvious like if I'd never heard of the of like some space varying civilization, they send me an envoy and say, "Yeah, n- no problem. Just uh, you know, trust us. We we won't be violent with you." And you're like. Mm. <laughs> Red flags, alarm, alarm. <laughs> well, so so one of the things that's funny about the culture is that um, it is a direct democracy in the sense of like like the decisions that affect lots of people. Everyone votes on. So if you know people live on these big space stations called orbitals, um, they they also have planets, but they mostly seem to be on ships and in, in these like space station structures. Um, and so if People are deciding, well, maybe we should break away from the culture. Maybe we should like schism off. You know, everyone will vote on it. And that's and they make decisions about a lot of stuff that ways. Um, but apart from that, most people in the culture aren't super engaged with the running of it. They're just kind of, you know, off partying and drinking and living a good life and having sex and flying hang gliders. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, as soon as we start playing player of game, what's that? Body modifications. Body and- modifications. Yeah, they'll they'll be like, you know, I, I think I'll live as a woman for three years. You know, I, th- I I think I'll have a child and see what that's like. Oh, yeah. you know, that was boring, but it was also fun. You know, I'll switch back, whatever. You know, like it's it's just very kind of like good natured hedonism, and so most people aren't agonizing over it because they're just not thinking about it. Um, which is like it, it's like a funny quirk of it where like you you look at Star Trek and it feels like everybody you meet in Star Trek has an opinion about the Federation. And most people in the culture have, you know, they're they're kind of like well-meaning. They're, they're the equivalent of well-meaning liberals. They're all grill pilled. That is, in fact, the utopia right there. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of it is is um, left in the hands of the minds as well. Um, that they, they, they are like either, you know, up front or sometimes behind the scenes seem to do a lot of the, the, the thinking. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, yeah, it, they're and 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 it's a key point that they are that they mostly are nice and mean well. They're not. It's not a secret conspiracy where they are secretly the overlords of humanity. Like they like humans and they try mm-hmm. to make things nice for them, and they'll work you know side by side with them and have like a good relationship with them. Like they're you know it's 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 genuine. It's genuinely like what if there were a nice benign AI that could do a lot of the stuff that we need people to do right mm-hmm. now and also they were and also it wasn't even a big deal to them so they're happy to do it like yeah. you know like r- running this space station takes you know 30 percent of, of my mental capacity maybe so mm-hmm. it's not a big deal <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, it, it's like your roommates with god and yes. god is just like yeah sure yeah well you know not a big deal no sort off my back just, you know <laughs> rotating the space station in their mind. Yes, in their mind. Yes. How many <laughs> how many cubes could a mind rotate in their mind? In, an infinite number of cubes. Uh, d- apparently, yeah. Um so so yeah, uh what was the other thing I was going to say? So so uh I recently uh read um Women on the Edge of Time. Mm-hmm. And uh you you can tell like it's it's funny because uh this is uh the way the way you present it is very funny to me because the 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 future society that uh is presented there is so, sort of very much a i think th- like piercy uh, marge piercy wrote the book um and it 
she was apparently an activist and mm-hmm. you can tell the way uh it, it comes through in in how that future society works is you know it's it's very i mean it's also very um it feels very modeled on sort of like um indigenous peoples of like the the new york area you know what we call new york now um and and you know everything's like a conversation everything's a negotiation like yes you you vote but like you you send people you know you send representatives from different villages and they have to hash it out uh you know no one's in charge for you know as you know longer than they want to be blah 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 that type of thing but it it does share some some similarities where uh you know like a lot of the um a lot of the the roles that these you know the 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 future people take in the utopia right um uh, are are sort of you know part of the the society you know you everyone has a a responsibility to defend themselves and to it feels very um sort of uh doing stints in the military type of thing uh Mm -hmm. like you know you you could be you know six months you know now okay go pick up your rifle you, you're now on the front for six months uh you know no one cares that you your your previous experience was just you know being like the town sculptor you know mm-hmm. everyone needs to pitch in yes yeah there's there's definitely a strain of that and i think in the culture novels it's coupled with this weird indulgence in the culture of the culture for people's little hang-ups and proclivities so, like, a, a lot of the protagonists of these novels are really weird people. Yeah. Um, like, like you know. The, the, protagon- the best people to write about. <laughs> well, exa- exactly. Exactly. And that's what's cool about it is they have a society where you can just, like, if you have a weird hang up about something, they're like, okay, yeah, you know, we can deal with that. We can arrange a world in which, I don't know. You, you know, you never see another person ever. We can make that happen. You know, we have, uh, you know, only 15% of our vast space station is actually occupied and all of it's terraformed. So we can put you somewhere where you'll never see another person and we'll steer people clear of it, you know, for you. And so like the protagonist of player of games, um, is like kind of a weird, prissy academic asshole. Hmm. Um, and he's not especially likable. Uh, and I think in 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 another book, I I, I think that it would be it, like it, it would it's it's this weird combination of like he doesn't really serve a purpose, right? But mm-hmm. also that is his purpose, and it's totally acceptable. So I'm 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 trying to kind to kind of like you know not not go too deep into the plot. But n- nothing about him really serves any particular purpose, and it's funny because then, then the book is, is all about him like purposefully doing something, um, and <laughs> and it's it's a it's a fun high wire act kind of because in a lot of I feel like in a lot of stories when you start off with, with a character that's like got weird hangups, you you need to kind of like fi- find some way to prod them into the story. Um, and in quite a lot of the culture novels, it's literally just like somebody shows up from, you know, another part of the culture and is like, hey, you're a weird guy. You want to do something for us? <laughs> <laughs> you're the only person that we know that really, really enjoys this particular type exactly, of uh, exactly. t- a board yes. game. Yeah. And uh, it just so happens that we ran into a culture that um, that depends upon that for any type of negotiation. Would you like to be would you take this mission? Yeah, exactly. Or in, mm-hmm. in um, like, you know, in accession, there's a character who had some kind of trauma and was like, you know what? I want to get away. Uh, and she found like a spaceship that was like, I want to get away also, this giant spaceship. And so she and the spaceship just fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> just like leave for decades and decades. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you know, it's, I, I like that it's a, I like that it's a utopia where not just like everybody's material needs can be met, but like their emotional needs too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's like excellent. If, yeah. If you do best just being at like a sex party all the time, great. We've, we've got a whole big list of sex parties for you to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to be a sex party leader? <laughs> right. And the other thing is this, I think getting back to what I personally like about these books and why it, it's funny because I was thinking about it. I think when I initially was, was pitched either Pete or Connor on way before I was involved in, in, in the podcast, we, you know, we had talked to like, oh, you know, like, would you like to come on sometime? And I think I suggested a culture novel. And looking back is is funny because that's such a big ask. But yeah, but but I finally got my way. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but one of the things I love about it is is that the the super tech utopia, ultra tech utopia, allows you to do things that border on the surreal. So like, mm. there's imagery in this where again, like I was saying, like it's you know. It's a log cabin in the middle of the woods on a vast space station. And you can see the other side of the space station up in the sky. But you are, you know, camping in like a little tent in front of your log cabin or something. And it's got these weird, I don't know, just these these like somewhat inexplicable images and imagery. Um, and likewise, you know, when they go to other societies and other cultures, it could be, it could be you know, a, a whole society of of weird floating gas bags that live in the upper atmosphere of like a gas <laughs> giant or something. Like it's just, it, it, it can go any, the, the setting can go anywhere and do anything. And so it mm-hmm. takes on this just kind of like strange montage quality almost where, mm-hmm. you know, you could turn the page and suddenly Banks is laying out like another planet, another society. Yeah. And he always, for the most part, he always seems to go really hard and trying to make it feel distinct. Right. It's not like, Oh, this is, this is just like the culture, but everybody, you know, has red eyes or something like he's like, let's what weird shit can I do? Now? <laughs> so so the way that you're describing it and, and, and I had this same sort of idea, uh, you know, the way that um, something like Women on the Edge of Time is is sort of structured. It, it feels very much like uh, that uh, travelogue as sort of a satire that, uh, you know, like something like Gulliver's Travels. Mm. uh uh, approaches right where the, the the purpose is to show you like obviously in Gulliver's Travels I think it's it's a pointed critique of different cultures that, ex- mm-hmm. that existed within sort of like the 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 British you know Commonwealth or whatever it was at the at the point that Swift was writing, um, but this feels a little a little bit different right uh, it, it does feel sort of like yeah look here this this wondrous thing that they visited uh but also it feels much more inclusive or 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 sort of welcoming i should say instead of judgment you know sort of judging it they're they're approaching it as a it feels like to me like a a problem to be mitigated solved or accepted is that uh, does to, that sound to about an right? extent so be, because the structure of the novels tends to be about somebody on the edge of the culture going to represent their interests in a different society or a different setting um it tends to, there tends to be a lot more hostility so like in one of the books um it's about a culture operative kind of interfering in this sort of like cyberpunk type world where they have like mass um chattel slavery for instance and it's a you know it's a very hostile setting it's a very bleak setting um and it's it, and you've got this person from a utopia kind of you know airdropping into it and being like well this sucks you know how can i mess with this basically and and so it definitely it, it does have a bit of a bit of gulliver's travels to it i would say that use of weapons um is probably the one that fits close to that closest to that because I, you know, I think Gulliver's Travels is in part defined by its like vignette structure, and use of weapons does have like a series of long vignettes, kind of like that. Whereas mm-hmm. most of the novels are much more, you know, they're 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 much more structured around like one one person doing one thing, and if if they if they introduce a new setting, it's probably because they're introducing another point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, like most of these books have. I think player of games might only have the one point of view character, but a lot of them have two or three kind of inter interwoven um, narratives. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think the first, maybe the first three ish books, because I think use of weapons mainly has one POV character. And, but the later ones, 
like accession definitely has multiple has many many multiple um characters yes yeah <laughs> all right all right so um let's so can i want to shift over to how we're going to sort of probably approach the the read along if mm-hmm. you don't mind we're gonna I mean, do unless one 12 anyone- hour episode <laughs> and we're all gonna be there and nobody's gonna leave to get up to go to the bathroom or eat or anything <laughs> well I'll, I'll be i'll be or, i'll be ordering my catheter you know starting now <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, I, I think that we had, I, I, I only, uh, have, uh, uh, player of games, uh, wait, it is player of games, right? The, the first one, um, yes. that we're, we're talking. Um, so, so I, I noticed that it's, you know, sort of like, it has like four parts. I'm guessing that we should probably just make a go of it and probably do one episode per mm-hmm. part. I think it has five parts, unless one well, of them is like okay. a prologue or an episode or an epilogue. And yeah, yeah, okay. I, I think that should probably about work. The, I mean, I, I haven't really taken a great look at yeah, you know, like the the page counts or anything like that. Whatever, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, I, I do think that you know, like that would be you know, obviously good natural stopping points to you know stop and discuss. Um, and uh, I guess we could probably do that, like maybe. I'm thinking maybe by the third or last week of February, have our first culture episode, you know, ready and released. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. I started rereading player games already with, with the intention that I would re (laughs) I would read that first part again, Mm. uh, a second time, because it's funny how much I've forgotten these, like of, of these books. It's been about 10 years since I read Mm -hmm. any of them. I, I think. Same here. Well, um, I've I've read some uh, more recently, but I uh, this it'll be about ten years since I've read uh, player a game. So, Almost and in actually. my case, it'll be several decades <laughs> since I've read. <laughs> I listener, I've never read them. So, um, so yeah, yeah. I think that that, and and I'm thinking maybe like try to do more or less. I mean, maybe maybe one a month. Uh, so February, February, March, April, I forget if it's, if it is five, then uh, that would take us to like July, right? Um, to finish it out. And then maybe do we want to take a break and then maybe a month break and then the next month do start ex- accession? Oh, yeah. I would see. I, I was assuming that we would do these two books in the first half of the year and, oh, then, okay. do, and, do, and then do something else. In the back half, that was like so. It wasn't just like the year of this series that Kurt and Chris like. It could be, you know, like like. I, I don't. I don't have any strong opinions on either one. If if you guys want to do uh, like a, a faster pace, it's fine by me. Um. So we could probably do maybe. I think I these books are not as they're not as dense. Um, okay, fair enough. As as a uh, book of the new sun. That's yes, um, that's true. By a long shot, like. There's definitely like I definitely think that we could prattle on for an hour about, you know, 20 pages in them if we so desired. <laughs> um, but I definitely think that we could well, he, I definitely think that we could accommodate a, a a faster pace. But also something that's worth mentioning is um these books are well loved by people who are let's call them reddit style sci-fi fans mm-hmm. um who you know love accession and dune and starship troopers but don't understand sorry i said i said accession i meant the expanse mm. uh and mm. dune and starship troopers uh but don't understand or like aren't aware of the politics in any of them they just like big spaceship stuff <laughs> mm. <laughs> and act in like action um which well, I mean, which is a funny get, quality, but it does speak to the fact like they are pretty fun reads too. Like, I mean, given given the uh, like when we're recording, there is currently discourse about uh, a certain Brandon Sanderson, mm. Brando his, Sando, the, <laughs> you know, Blanderson as I like to call him because man, oh man, I cannot get into any of his books. But anyway. Uh, and given the fact that there are people that are just very confused about, well, wh- I-, I can read these even though, like, I, as a 
like I am not a queer person, so I don't necessarily have like I don't have that isn't my lane specifically, but it, it is very strange to me to see you know people that are you know queer going like well you know i don't i don't have to pay attention to him whether he tithes to you know the the church of latter day saints and the fact that they 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 they're very homophobic transphobic and and uh, you know very actively uh pursuing you know politics in the the american southwest including california you know so uh it it, it is it is not uncommon to find people that uh that have completely uh, it's, it's death of the author so i can continue having my treats well and i i think that the treats uh i think you put the i think you hit the nail on the head there um because i so i i wrote an article called the culture war uh about uh i don't know was that two years ago now i guess um oh actually almost exactly two years ago i think mm-hmm. yeah. um that was kind of talking about uh, you know, Ian M. Banks and the fact that it, b- both both Elon Musk spit and Jeff Bezos double spit um, <laughs> are like avowed fans uh, of of um, of his books. And um, I, I think that a big part of the reason is because, like I said before, he describes this, you know, utopia that sounds quite nice to live in. And it's got a lot of lovely technology and there's spacefaring. And I, I think that if you're Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, you can be like, you know, cool technology and everyone's happy. Uh, this sounds great and completely like overlook the fact that it's like, well, nobody, there, there's not really any such thing as private property. Uh, there doesn't really need to be like there's there's personal property, like people, people have homes, but they also don't. You know, they don't buy those homes. They can't sell those homes. There's nothing that, you know, you, you, there's, there doesn't seem to be any currency. Um, and I, I think that they abstract that into their experience as, like, as a rich person and being mm. like, oh, you know, it's I could buy and sell whatever. You know, money doesn't mean anything to me either. I'm Jeff mm. Bezos. I, well, I'm I mean, already I, living in the culture. I, I also <laughs> I, I also think that um, like if you present a society where. These great minds, haha, are in control of everything and everyone just sort of like enjoys themselves. Like someone like Bezos, who has sort of insinuated himself into almost every facet of, you know, modern life in the in the US and and I suppose throughout the world, uh, wherever he can order Amazon. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, and and that's that's even flattening it because it's not even just the the ordering Amazon stuff. Uh, aspects it's also like you know offering server space and mm-hmm. uh for for intelligence agencies and storing all sorts of weird shit on there um you know helping in the surveillance all of that to i, I would imagine if if you know jeff bezos is flattering himself he could consider himself as the mind behind that mind exactly and, yeah exactly and therefore yeah. and therefore sort of like sort of Assuage, and I don't even—I don't even think it's a swage. He—I don't even think he thinks there's anything bad in what he's doing. Just pats himself on the back for you know being. Oh, it's just like my favorite author, Ian M. Banks. <laughs> yeah, I think that those guys see the technology, but not the society behind it. Because mm-hmm. you know, there, we can we can save this for what will probably be the first episode of the actual read through but there's a there's a paragraph or two or there's a discussion in the beginning of player of games that really um that's one of the most didactic spots in the whole series where it really does kind of lay out like a criticism of our of our society and of capitalism in particular um but at the same time, I think, you know, if you breeze past that, as you say, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm helping bring this about. And if OK, if we haven't made a nice, you know, happy life for everybody, certainly I, Jeff Bezos, am happy and I know a lot of people who are happy. So, hey, that's progress, you know, whereas I, I, I think Banks is much more focused on not what's the best that the best of us or the, you know, the, the richest of us, the most powerful of us can live what's the best that we can do for the baseline of the worst of us, you know, the, yeah. the least well, advantaged of, uh, of us, like how can we raise the floor? And I think Jeff Bezos is standing on top of a ladder going, how high can we raise the ceiling? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's well. I mean, I I think that that was um one of the these somewhat um ridiculous uh parts of that HBO you know Watchmen series is like, haha, we're gonna have trillionaires. And it's like that's and and it's presented as a good thing because you know they're smart. Right, right, right. <laughs> it, it's like, well, we could have a trillion. You know, if if you if you killed a couple billionaires, parody, parody, not saying that you should. You know. But if you killed a few and you well, gave on, it all on, to one person, you'd have a trillionaire. It wouldn't make a big yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, you uh, <laughs> kill a couple billionaires in you the holodeck. You would just be able uh, to it, say, buy a Tesla off of Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> As an example that I just came up with at random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, uh, one thing that, that, that has occurred to me while you were, you were talking about, um, you know, like like the way that uh, a Bezos or a Musk uh, thinks about it, it's it's also, I think, what uh, feeds into their sort of like their their vanity regarding, you know, their position in the real world um, and and how they feel like they might be the bridge between now and exactly. something like the culture happening. Exactly. Mm. Is like Mm. that long, that long termism idea, because this is exactly something that strokes that, that ego, right? The idea that (laughs) a human culture can exist beyond the stars. And it's been that way for thousands upon thousands of years. And, and, you know, like, yeah, this is why when you ask someone like Bezos, like, well, what about, you know, what about like toxic waste or radioactive waste? He's like, well, we'll just launch it into this into space. <laughs> Do like, you want to live forever in the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a completely cynical thing that just simply moves the moves the solution to a to to somewhere right where no one else in the in the room can ask further questions about yes. it uh, while also you know hiding the fact that they're never going to do that that's that's a solution would you, for would you, hundreds of years of the future <laughs> carlo would you be so selfish as to endanger the future just so that i don't know a bunch of poor people can eat but what about the millions of people in the future who will be able to have all these wonderful things that, again, just requires a few poor people to not have any food? Just a yes, little, just a little true. bit, just for a little bit, just a couple people. Kurt, not Kurt, a big deal. Kurt, I'm going to I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Um, it, it, you know, I, I have had visions of being a billionaire and having night terrors because there's a mind far in the future that I need to build. <laughs> I need to build it. Otherwise, it will punish me. I will be sent to computer hell. I will be sent to the holodeck, holodeck hell. <laughs> Hello deck. Oh, there you go. Have you ever uh, this is this is a little bit of a, of a sidetrack, but your your mention of a dream. Uh, made me think of it. Have have you ever played the game? You are Jeff Bezos. <laughs> no, no, no. Is this, is this the oh, one where you you're supposed to up. spend? You're supposed to uh, spend a day trying to spend a billion dollars or something like that. Is that yes? It? Yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, it's basically like like a choose your own adventure type type game um, by uh, Chris Chris Ligman. I, I I I think is the author. It, it's a free L- game. I think L- it's on I think Chris it's on Ligma. Itch. No, says <laughs> 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 Jeff Bezos died of Ligma. That's so sad. um yeah yeah you you wake up one morning and you are jeff bezos and then it presents you you know a bunch of options of like you know what to do with your money and and you know it'll be something like oh i will you know buy a house for every homeless person and it'll say congratulations you spent 15 percent you know of your fortune and it just it just becomes more and more absurd um you know you're like your accountants are frantically calling you and you're like running down the street you know like like on the phone trying to sell more and more assets Uh, it's fun it's it's a good time it's definitely (laughs) i I was just i was just reminded uh you you wake up one day as jeff yeah like one day uh, as you (laughs) as you wake from (laughs) from restless restless dreams dreams, (laughs) you you wake up to find out you're jeff (laughs) you you wake up to look like uh you look like 55 year old pitbull if you were born in in, iowa or something it i i don't i don't honestly i i I, jeff bezos is so unnerving uh and 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 honestly i i hate i really don't like uh (laughs) commenting on people's appearances because you know it's 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 sort of mean but also like the thing that 
The thing that disturbs me the most is he's got like that one eye that's slightly larger than the other. <laughs> and it's like very visibly larger. And it's like, uh, the thing that it bothers does, me, it does feel like he's wearing a costume that, that simply yes. bunches up in one area. The thing that, yes. So the thing that bothers me is how normal he tries to dress. Like, <laughs> like I, I, if I were that rich, I would get a little bit strange with it. I think you sort of <laughs> owe it to yourself to get a little strange. With get, it. get get and get not dressed just like, like someone from the cell. Exactly, dress like someone from the cell. Act all fucked up and weird. Don't just act like you know a too intense stepdad at a soccer game wearing a Patagonia vest. <laughs> it's just boring. So anyway, just try, trying to wear uh, he he he's always wearing like those Under Armour polo shirts. <laughs> uh, totally different topic. Um. Have either of you read much? So th- th- this is genre that I was thinking about recently that I realized we don't talk much about. And it's not really in vogue, even though there's a few very popular series that are in this genre, but it's rarely talked about anymore. And that is military sci-fi. And I know that you have mm. read a bunch of it, Carlo, and have and have deep thoughts. Um, and I bring this up because I think the culture series is closest to military sci-fi and that that's mm-hmm. why it's popular with the reddit heads mm. um but i'm i'm hmm. just curious about you you your your two's relationship so said genre so from from what you're telling me and from what you you both have described to me uh it would be even more um like like yes i don't i i, I don't disagree with you it is it, i do think that it has a connection like that's that's an interesting intersection that that probably um attracts a lot of uh you know a lot of the the sci-fi like the reddit sci-fi crowd right yes uh to 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 sort of paint with a broad brush mm-hmm. but but no it's such a it's such a true it's so true though like like for, for for a long time i was like you know reddit has all types of people and it really does and it has like one type of person <laughs> <laughs> but but what i what i what strikes me is that this is not only um not only military science fiction but also very specifically within that sort of like uh intel operator science fiction like, yes. like this is this is like if if you had a bunch of novels that uh i mean uh am i am i off base here it feels like banks a little uh, is, bit but not really yeah but it, uh, i guess what i'm saying is is it off base to say that banks might have been uh influenced by licoré uh and and that type of novel i mm. i'm i'm not sure i'd be surprised if he was completely uninfluenced by by him but mm-hmm. um you know the the difference is that the the spy craft really is not a is not really a focus because it's so it's so easy for the culture to clown on these other societies that like, <laughs> they just kind of do whatever they want like you know <laughs> if, if they'll either just show up and be like hello we're the culture here's this person uh we're sending you to them and they'll scan them and be like nope there's no they don't have any secret weird implants but actually, you know, the culture like, you know, put like like a fake implant for them to find and get, you know, removed. And the actual ones are so like they're so far beyond almost anyone else that it really there, there's very little in the way of that kind of subterfuge. There, there are a few uh, books that get a little bit more like use of weapons is a little bit closer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them are are much more like almost they're almost like a comedy of manners, it, like. Mm-hmm crisscrossed with military sci-fi like the the operator types are usually not the protagonists the protagonist is usually somebody who is being handled by an operator type so it's like it's like a licoré novel if if instead of the main have you read um uh tinker tailor soldier spy i have not i have not uh, I, I saw the yeah it. i I'm sure I would. Yes, uh, I saw the 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 recent movie. Not not. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, uh, what what's the guy's name who played Bane? Tom Hardy. Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Tom Hardy's character, Jimmy Tarr, I think his name is, mm-hmm. is like the weird hitman guy. They're they're not hitman. You know, he's he's like a operator, kind a, wet, of a wet work operator. Wet work, yeah, he yeah. does he does black bag jobs. Um. A, a, a lot of culture novels are like if he was the protagonist instead of that guy's handler, which is much more of like the mm-hmm. Le Carre type type thing. Like 
the the actual handler is often somewhat off screen in, in in these, and it's much more just about somebody who's kind of going through do it doing something else almost, and you know that they were asked to do this by an operator, but it's not clear why. <laughs> the the funny the funny thing here is that the more you're you're explaining this, the, it feels almost like he he took that idea and then said, "What would this look like in sort of like a like using as a model like a 17th century you know, spy spycraft type yeah, of thing?" Yeah, al- almost. Oh, mm-hmm. actually, you know one thing that it's I'm glad you mentioned that one thing that Banks was specifically inspired by, and in particular for for Accession, the second novel that that we'll be reading. Was the game Civilization by Sid Meier? Ah, uh, yes. And the reason, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the specific reason, or the specific uh, influence of that game series, is is not not just like the the big picture like societal clashes, but the experience of um, when you have like you know a spearman in your culture, and you move one space over, and suddenly you see like tanks. <laughs> like jet fighters and you're like oh um and and so uh like like it it's a rec- that 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 technology imbalance is is a recurring theme and it apparently comes specifically from banks playing you know like civ 2 and being like god damn it <laughs> another tank that was one square over I, I, you know i finally did, got to like horse you know mounted cavalry and now they have did, the, the atomic how did they bomb. develop yeah how did they develop capitalism five turns into the game god damn <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I, I, I also, uh, he, he could have, uh, just looked at a lot of the early Forgotten Realms, uh, <laughs> game maps. And it was like, there's cavemen here, and yet there's like 17th century technology mm-hmm. right over across the river. What is up with that? <laughs> yeah. And well, and, and he does a neat little trick in, in a lot of his books where it's like, we could, just send in one robot that would kill this entire army, but we're not going to because that's going to cause a lot of problems. So instead, we're going to send in this one weird guy to play a board <laughs> game, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're not going to tell him why or you, the reader. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to like gin rummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so so yeah, uh. What was I, I was going to say something and I don't remember now, but it doesn't. I, I suppose it's not. That we, you have we'll have many episodes to th- remember all the stuff that we wanted to say and forgot, <laughs> yeah. which is the nice thing about this. Like I, Carlo, I have that same sensation of being like, I know I'm forgetting stuff, but also <laughs> I know that you know in a couple of weeks we'll have, I'll another, have another, yeah, chance we'll, we'll have another chance. We'll have another chance. You know, oh, I forgot. Oh, 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 before before I forget, uh, not not uh, this is. P- not uh, related directly to uh, our calls for war uh, episodes, but um, we will be also in February. We should have an episode on uh, a, a, a new sub category of things. I, I, I hesitate to call it end space, but uh, sort of um, one of the, one of the novels that, uh, that inspired uh, Gary Gygax. Um, in the in the writing of uh D and stuff like that the 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 legendary appendix n in the uh i believe this is the first edition uh dungeon master's guide where he sort of like laid out exactly where you know what what works he read to sort of cobble together you know the the quote world of D D or whatever um which is the shadow people by margaret st Clair. mm-hmm and uh, I, I heard, I heard Kurt uh, <laughs> just sort of like, yes, <laughs> I, dude, I'm loving it so much. I've read about half of it, and I, I am really enjoying. It, it reminds me a lot of Zelazny, actually. Mm-hmm. It has a very, it, it specifically has a very like uh, Chronicles of Amber, especially like Nine Princes of Nine Princes in Amber. Has yeah, a very yeah, Nine I can, I can see feel that. to it, where it's like it's a little bit, it's not, it's a little bit lowbrow, but it's like I know this is somebody being lowbrow who is like kind of doing it on purpose a little mm-hmm. bit, like not to be ironic, even they're just like, this is fun. Like it's fun to write a story about kind of a nitwit, you know, stumbling into another world. <laughs> and having adventures. Well, it, it it's also um to, to, to circle back to 
how the war on drugs has uh, <laughs> has done so, so much damage to, to science fiction and fantasy. This is definitely like one of these uh, weird uh, books that feels like a, a a weird freak out after a bad trip. I, you know, now that you mentioned that, there is the recurring theme of of what's it called that that the like adder, grain adder that corn. Eat? The adder corn is like dark red. I wonder if it's a reference to like the brown acid from from uh, hmm. the. The, the legendary brown acid from uh, Woodstock, from Woodstock which, is apparently yeah. like, like, which is apparently like, like a, a, a complete myth. Um, <laughs> oh, really? I, I, I've, I've heard that there was no, it, it's, it was just like an, like an urban legend or something or that mm-hmm. developed. Who knows? Maybe it's not. I don't know. Or maybe it turned out that they, they, because it didn't, <laughs> didn't they have like, it's, it's filmed uh, like in the film of Woodstock. They, they do actually include the, uh, the PA announcement, right? I you think know, so. Yeah, the warning against the, the the brown acid. Well, I mean, maybe maybe the maybe everyone who took the brown around. acid. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, also maybe just the people that took the brown acid just really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was just a uh, what's that guy's name? Wavy gravy. Maybe it was just wavy, wavy gravy just fucking with people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. I think uh, I think we've we've uh, fired our first salvo in the culture war. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited. So- I just got to say, I'm re- I'm excited for this. Um, mm-hmm. And revisiting it has already been really fun for me because it's so much stuff that like it's been long enough, and I'm now old enough, frankly, that I've like internalized and forgotten about it. And I'm reading it and being like, oh yeah, that's where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> so so let me ask you this kurt um just as a, perhaps a last question or, or whatever that that i have so when when you uh started rereading did you have that that moment of hesitation where you go well is it gonna hold up i did but i got it out of the way a few months back um mm-hmm. i was looking somebody mentioned something in some discord that made me want to look up a particular passage that i remembered in in some culture novel it may even have been player of games and i flipped to it and i was like this is a little bit quippy actually is this does this dialogue actually as good as i remember it it's like a little bit cringe um not that i put much stock in things being cringe or not cringe um but then I went back to the beginning and I started reading and I and I read the first few pages just to kind of reassure myself that like actually it's it is good and it is. And it was literally just I think I just flipped to a page where there was like a slightly annoying conversation, you know, going <laughs> on that was meant to be annoying. Um Well uh I, I did though. I did mm-hmm. though. I definitely had because I mean, t- sorry to interrupt, but like my tastes no, no, have definitely ahead. changed a lot since I started reading mm-hmm. these novels. Absolutely. Yeah, it, I mean, it happens. It happens sometimes. You just go like, "Oh, okay." Well, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where you you can you can read something and it doesn't really speak to you anymore, but you can see why it spoke to you. Uh, and and I mean, it 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 is always great to to revisit something and be like, "Oh, that's why I liked it." Yeah, yeah, okay. This this is still good. Yes. <laughs> I want to power that question over to Chris though, because I think he's read all of the novels too. Uh, so yeah. Have Chris? Ha- have you started? rereading player of games yet i I have not yet um but i i don't necessarily have that same worry about it holding up because i think i've uh read banks more recently than than you have Mm -hmm. kurt um and so i think i i know that no he's he's that good that he pulls off you know the occasional cringe line maybe (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not quite it's not quite the like zelazny like i'm gonna put a really bad pun in there (laughs) but there's definitely there's definitely stuff where it's it's a little bit like not on the nose exactly Mm -hmm. um but i think banks is okay with his characters being a little bit cringe at times like yeah i well i I don't want to go ahead well it's less cringe and more just like corny like so yeah yeah, yeah, they're corny yeah some of the like the drones in particular i find can be like they they almost get like um you know like a a, a feminine (laughs) like 70s guy on a sitcom like yeah. one-liners kind of they're stuff like, like they're, hedonism yeah. bot from futurama at yes yes, like, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I, i'll say i'll you know what i'll i'll say that uh yes zelazny loves his puns but but the thing that that makes it work for me even now is the fact that he doesn't have someone else go like eh eh, eh? <laughs> see, what I, see what i did there eh? <laughs> um 
uh, Kurt, you, you, you said that, uh, you, you were talking about a cringe and cringe dialogue or corny dialogue. And, and you, you just reminded me, I, I sat with a buddy who decided that he was going to like play, like have me sit, you know, sort of like a wingman style and play like the, the old God of War games. Now there is a, a series of games that everyone in the design team was like, how can we make this sound like Badass and cool. Yeah. Every you mean fucking the old line. ones or the new ones with like the no dad the stuff? the old the old ones the old, the ones. old ones yeah 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 the old ones are just so amazingly uh, I, I I can see where a specific type <laughs> of weird gamergate adjacent type of guy yeah. thought these were the pinnacle of gameplay and and of uh storytelling uh did you ever play the gears of war series oh my god yes the first one was uh, like i the thing the thing here uh kurt is i i i easily initially i easily got taken in by a lot of these games because they looked cool and then i realized like the same thing happened to me with bioshock uh i bought the game and then i realized oh it's a fucking first person shooter i i hate these fucking things um gears of war is is pretty much um it's sort of like a dollar store uh uh space marine <laughs> game isn't it <laughs> yes. yeah uh it, but without a lot of the irony that i feel is supposed to be you know taken with the space marines you know they're supposed to be the baddies yes uh but anyway uh, i digress yeah uh marco whatever the fuck his name is is just like marcus phoenix marcus (laughs) phoenix there we go oh my god marcus that's such a yeah that's such a military sci-fi that's that's all (laughs) marcus marcus phoenix i'm the first officer on the the you know u.s spaceship special forces excelsior class whatever well and 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 if i remember correctly it it starts off very much like a uh it's very much like um halo right in the sense that Mm. he's brought back because he's the only one that remembers Mm -hmm. how to fight the locust Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh yeah it, it it what a what a what a series of games I you know what would be funny one. speaking of um halos is uh and this is totally totally orthogonal we should do rim world at some point point. <laughs> 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 and i fucking hate rim world even though i don't like hate it hate it but wait, like, wait, you're talking about like it hold, hold on you're talking about ring ring world, world. sorry yes <laughs> for a minute i was like wait yeah, yeah. The rim? Is this like a no, goatsy no, no. planet? Yes, <laughs> ring world. Yes, ring world. <laughs> the goatsy system. Could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one uh, that they went to in Interstellar, I think. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think we should probably wrap it up. Uh, uh, gents, any last thoughts? I'm pumped. I'm Fall, excited. Fall yeah, along. I'm Excellent. I'm, I am excited to... to kick off this culture war folks uh, <laughs> all right well uh i think that is it for for now and uh gents thanks again i'm excited to to dig into these and uh, to everyone out there join us won't you uh and thanks for listening we'll catch you next time here on Podside.